Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms, Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 19. Today we have a special guest joining us who we want to save time for, so we're going to skip our usual segments and get right into it. If you'd like to submit a question, head over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea, and our special guest. And Andrea, is there anything to report before we get to our guest? You know what? I'm going to save it for another time, so let's just get right to it. (laughs) Perfect. So our guest today is Sarah Clark. When Sarah Clark was 28 years old, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure. She accepted the diagnosis and had both her children through in vitro fertilization. Years later, she realized the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance. She is a certified life coach with accreditation from the International Coaches Federation and a health coach with training from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. She is the author of Fabulously Fertile, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook, and Fertility Preparation Program. Her fertility coaching program, which includes functional lab testing, supports couples to make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chances of a healthy pregnancy and baby. On her Get Pregnant Naturally podcast, she shares that with functional medicine and natural fertility solutions, we can eventually reverse infertility. Check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I also want to make a note in the beginning here that she is offering all of our listeners a free three-day fertility diet challenge, which I will link to in the show notes. It's going to be fertilitydietfreebie.com. Welcome, Sarah. Awesome. Excited to be here. We are so glad to have you. I would love, I know you kind of gave us a little bit of your story and, and, you know, we talked about it in the bio, but I'd love to hear kind of what, what brought you here today doing what you do. Yeah, I guess I had my own journey with that infertility. So I'll kind of share a little bit about that. Um, I always joked I was having menopausal hot flashes uh, back in my early 20s. I remember I was in uh, HR at the time and I was banging my face saying, okay, menopausal hot flashes. Well, it turns out that I was. So at the time I had irregular periods. I had this weird fungal rash on my chest. I had chronic, I had yeast infections and I had dandruff all of a sudden. And then also I had all of a sudden like great skin during my, my teenage years. And all of a sudden my chin started getting super greasy and acne came in. Um, then I had this plan where I wanted to get married at 25. So I got married at 25, then wanted to have my children at 28. And then, so at 28, when I still had these, you know, regular periods at that point, it was probably going to have period once or twice a year. I decided to go into my OBGYN's office and check out to see what was going on. And so I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of ovaries before the age of 40 and told that my only chance of having children would be uh, through donor eggs. So I remember her reaching up on her shelf, grabbing the IVF brochure and sending me off to the fertility clinic to get on a list for a donor egg. And this was many years ago. So um, actually 16 years ago. So so basically I went on a list um, for a donor egg. We were lucky enough in the first uh, fresh transfer to have my daughter, Ava, who's 16. So really like when you said donor eggs 16 years ago, people were like, what is that? Now, unfortunately, it's becoming more popular due to our standard Western diet and lifestyle. So, um, and then I had two embryos uh, left over, wanted to have the children close together. And my husband's like, Sarah, you seem a little stressed. Let's kind of hold on a little bit. I'm like, no, I want to, you know, go back to the clinic. So I went back in there and those didn't work. 
So then we went on another list for another donor egg, so a separate donor. Uh, donor, And we're lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have my son, Will, who's 13. So, um, and then, fa- you know, fast forward, my, my, my health began to suffer. I remember after I, after my, I had my daughter, I uh, had nine colds in one year. Every cold went into a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every science infection. And then I had, you know, toenail infections and vertigo. I had chronic bladder infections. I was peeing blood. Just like the whole immune system was, you know, at one, one point I thought I had fleas because I was allergic to all the antibiotics and I had hives. So it was just kind of the whole, the whole body just kind of, you know, imploded. But I, but I was still doing, still doing my thing, still, still working in corporate. Um, and then I wanted to bring a, a coaching course. Um, I wanted to bring coaching into the corporate uh, environment. So I took a, a life coaching course, doing, did that life coaching course. And then during that, that course, figured out my own, you know, personal wake-up call and then decided I wanted to get into health and wellness, and I took a health coaching course, and that's where I discovered my food intolerances. So for me, I was intolerant to uh, dairy, gluten, and corn. So I took those out, then added in lifestyle changes and nutritional therapies, and then gradually over time, I I was able able to heal. But I did not discover this until I was 40, so I was fully in menopause. I was no longer cycling naturally, so if you're listening to this and you're struggling with infertility and you're still still cycling naturally, there's things that we can do using the tools of functional medicine, looking at the underlying cause of disease, and and really, my, my message is one of hope. Thank you. That's quite, that's such a... A hard story to hear, but I think it's a good one for our listeners to know where everyone is coming from. You took all those coaching courses, and now I know that you kind of create protocols for people. Can you tell a little bit about how you make protocols for for your clients? Yeah, so on my team, I work with the functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So really, we, we have a couple a, a couple's coaching program. We basically start out by doing food sensitivity testing. So we typically look at the uh, the LEAP MRT, which looks at 150 foods uh, and, and food chemicals. And we determine, you know, what pe- someone is sort of a snapshot in time, what, you know, what someone is intolerant to right now. And so the food sensitivity testing, if someone's not familiar with it, they, they may think of, you know, that the IgE, which is the immediate uh, reaction to to food, so you can have hives or anaphylaxis. So my son is anaphylactic to kiwi, carries an EpiPen. That's you know very serious. Um, whereas the the food sensitivity, you know the bread you have on Friday, you don't realize that it's affecting your digestion, your your skin, your joints, um, your your moods on Monday. So you never really connect the dots. So because most people that come to me and I say, you know, are you allergic to anything? Well, no. But um, so anyways, we have them do a food sensitivity test. And then we have them do an elimination diet, which, which is really the gold standard to figure out, you know, what exactly it is you're intolerant to. So you take out the top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, eggs, and peanuts. You take those out for 10 days, and then you systematically bring them back in. And the, and the whole important part of that is the uh, re-challenge phase. So when you're bringing them back in, you know, how is, it, how is it making you feel? If people bring back in corn, they're like, oh, it's flaring up my asthma. Or they bring back in dairy, oh, I feel kind of phlegmy. I bring back in gluten. Oh, my, I feel brain foggy. I feel sluggish. My energy's dipped. So it's really, I have people like write down how you feel because then two weeks later when they maybe go back to have the bread, they forget how they, they feel. So it's really like, important to remember that. And we, we go back and go, oh yeah, I didn't feel that good. So, um, so that's part of it. We do the food sensitivity testing and then we do a um, Dutch test. So we look at the uh, dried urine test. So basically looks at your sex hormones and then looks at your cortisol and your melatonin uh, over the course of the day using four different um, timed intervals. 
And then we do a, um, a stool test. So we look at a, we use a GI map stool test. It basically looks at the, at, at, your, at the DNA of your stool. So is there, you know, a parasite? Is there a bacterial infection? Is there a fungal infection? A number of people that I work with, I'd say like a high majority of people that we work with, um, they're struggling with infertility. They we find something in the stool, be it a parasite or worms, or there, there's something going on because really, you know, your body wants to survive rather than procreate. And so then we develop that, you know, a personalized uh, program. So a personalized diet that's going to work for you because, you know, just because I'm dairy and gluten corn free doesn't mean that that's going to be the the thing that you need to do. Uh, so a personalized diet and lifestyle. We look at, you know, your um, we look at your sleep because for fertility, it's really important. You want to get, you know, and, and for health as well, you want to get seven to nine hours of sleep because even if your sleep is, is dysregulated, it can impact your insulin levels the entire next day, which then that cascades into your sex hormones. So looking at sleep, looking at movement, you don't want to do like crazy vigorous exercise at this point. Fertility yoga is nice, very kind of like um, slower poses and um, you can do weight, you can do weight um, too and uh, high intensity training. So I think that, that, that can be good. Um, and then another part of the protocol is, was that some people may, may miss or they might just do one and not all three. Like we, we look at testing, that personalized diet and lifestyle, and then we look at mindset. Because I've, we've, we've run a, a, a mindfulness fertility series. There was 12 ladies and three of them, three of them got pregnant just, just by doing mindset alone. So Alice Domar, she's the pioneer of mind, mind body fertility. She's a Harvard researcher, studied, studied this for over 20 years and found that women that were in groups of um, a group, and then they, 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 they looked at, used, used um, uh, mindfulness tools such as affirmations, visualizations, um, journaling, and even the, the fact of being in a, a group environment, being able to show compassion to another woman that's going through the same thing as you. Because a lot of women that come to me, they have struggled for years. They're, they they may feel broken. They they you know they're they're in, usually it's in a very kind of a dark space, and being able to then shine that compassion back on you. So so Alice Domar found that 55 percent of women that were in this this group uh, um, went on to get pregnant within six months, and then ninety five percent went on to get became a mother somehow um, in two years. So it's really it's that that full testing, diet, lifestyle, mindset. That's what we look at. That was so thorough, and I feel like there's so much that we can kind of talk about a little bit. I wanted to kind of pull out some of the pieces a little bit. I love that you mentioned the importance of reintroducing foods and being mindful of what you're doing when you're reintroducing foods so that's something that I feel like was kind of it mixed into that and I I find that a lot of times it's like yeah let me cut everything out and then all of a sudden it's like well you know so I haven't eaten it for a month but you know I'm out to dinner so let me just try it and then we forget to keep track of what we're doing or what we're adding in one you know one thing at a time or we you know we just go for that piece of cake that has the dairy, the gluten, the corn, you know, everything in it. And we just don't know exactly what's having problem again. So I really like that you mentioned that. Would you be able to talk more a little bit about the food testing and elimination diets? Yeah, like to me, the elimination diet really is the gold standard because people can can get the results of the of the food sensitivity test and literally go throw it over their shoulder because it could be like it could potentially what's, you know, if especially if you've got leaky gut or something, you could be intolerant to all your favorite foods, 
you know, because your body's mounting immune response and it's, 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 you know, things that are seemingly healthy, you're, you could, I've had people intolerant to lettuce. So, um, it's really important to like, before we get the results of the food sensitivity test, we have them start on the elimination diet. So then they can know it. Cause sometimes we don't know how poorly we, you know, that we're feeling until we start to feel awesome. But really that elimination diet is not your diet for life. It is like a 30 day thing where you just suck it up and you go a hundred percent and really, and you've, you've got to sort of plan it around if you've got weddings or things coming up, like don't plan it then make sure, you know, it can't be perfect, but, um, time, but, but really 30, you know, 30 days where you're going to really hundred percent because gluten light, dairy light, like that stuff does not work because there's still, if you have an intolerance to something, there's still inflammation in your body. You will never really figure it out. So you've got to really go hardcore on this and a hundred percent commit to it. And then when, when, when you bring the food back in, you really, like if you have any kind of symptom, you have to listen to what your body's saying and write it down. Cause you, cause you may not remember. And, and especially with, with, I find most people have the problem with cheese, you know, cheese consumption over the last 30 years has tripled. And, and you, you order a salad, you got to see, can you hold the cheese? So, um, yeah, and as far as kind of um, like if you're looking at an MRT versus an I, IgG test, we, we, we like the LEAP MRT just because it has 150 foods and 150 food chemicals, whereas the IgG test looks at 98 foods. It's just got a broader, um, a broader um, they, they test for more things, plus it has a higher ep- uh, efficacy. I think it's a 95% efficacy. So we just find that. The thing is, we, we recommend both because the LEAP MRT can be, can be found. You can get access to that in most places in the U.S., whereas other places in the world, Canada and the U.K. and some Australia and Zealand, it's, it's harder to get the LEAP uh, MRT. So that's kind of we, we, we have both as a, as a thing. And really, like all the kits are shipped directly to your house. The LEAP MRT, you just... You'll, you'll need to go to a local um, um, lab, whereas the IgG, you just do a finger stick at, at home, unless you're completely squeamish and you don't want to squeeze blood onto a piece of paper. Some people then would still need to take it for a, a blood draw. And do you guys, and I know that you are up in Canada, do you feel, do you typically recommend those for your clients? Do they need to go through their primary care providers to do that kind of thing? I don't, you know, again, I don't know if the protocols are different, but just so that our clients are aware of what, you know, if they're going to have to pull other providers in to support them. Yeah, we, as I say, I, on, on my team, I have a, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So we, we ship the kits internationally. So it's, to me, it's like the, it's a new frontier of medicine, right? We, we can, st- we can ship this things right to your house. Now, hopefully at right, right now, some of these kits can be expensive, but so hopefully as the d- demand grows and the, the price is going to be going to reduce, but, um, it's and it's it's really you know you can do this and you, you can do the the food sensitivity and in your you know by yourself you can do the 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 Dutch test is 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 urine and the stool test is self explanatory and you just ship them off goes directly to the lab and then we get the results and then do that customized protocol because a lot of times you can go to different you know um, you know alternative providers and I, I do believe in this you know as Dr Oz has this you know that board of directors where you're you're at the, you're in the middle of the table and you have your 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 healing table your healing round table so you have your your nutrition your, your nutritionist you have your coach you have your your OBGYN your RE you have your um, masseuse Cairo whatever but you're you're in charge of the healing so it is to kind of bring it's to empower yourself because a lot of times we may 
hear, you know, a, a well-meaning doctor may tell us something, especially with infertility. They may tell us that, sorry, you'll never, you'll never be able to conceive or you have a very low chance of conceiving. And we, that words will embed in our mind and we'll never be able to, then we think that we can't do it. Like I just watched a documentary on the weekend on, on um, iTunes called Heal and just really about the body's ability. It wants to heal. And there was a lady in there. She, she was doing all the right things, eating all the right stuff, but she had all this emotional stuff that she hadn't dealt with. And, and they did a GoFundMe campaign for her because she ended up getting cancer. And they're like, oh, if this woman got cancer, we're all doomed because she's super healthy. But she hadn't worked on the, on, on the mindset piece. And then she brought that in and then eventually went into, went into uh, remission. I, we, Andrea and I are fully on board with the mindset piece. We just had a series of three, three episodes just talking about mindfulness and different uh, stages of parenthood and motherhood. And we definitely find that it's been really essential to our practice. And I know that we've both been kind of, you know, we started, we're both PTs and we're both nutritional therapy practitioners, but I think that we've both really found ourselves a little bit more in, in addressing almost that mindfulness piece first, because without it, one, being able to handle all of the nutritional changes that you might need to make or all of the lifestyle changes that you need to make, it's a lot easier to do if your your mindset is in the right place. Um, I know that that was huge for me personally. I was doing all of this stuff from a food standpoint and fitness standpoint. I tried everything under the sun and then I started meditating and got my life a little under control. I quit my job and then I got pregnant. So it was... It's definitely something that is very meaningful to us. I feel like there are times, though, when medical intervention is important and can also be a big part of the mindset. I feel like there's a lot of people that feel like they're doing all of the right things and they go through, you know, working with skilled practitioners like yourself. Is there a point where you say, you know what, try do the IVF or you don't look into the donor eggs or, or do that kind of thing. Is there a certain point, a certain age maybe that they get to or a certain part in their mindset that they're unable to like, they're so nervous about maybe reaching that point where, well, it might be too late. Is there a recommendation that you have for that? Yeah, I, I do go back to that, to that healing roundtable because we don't exclude Western medicine, right? And functional medicine looks at the underlying cause of disease and, or illness. So for, to me, it's to really, and it doesn't matter, you know, I have people coming to me at 28 and 38. Everyone is a panic and past the time that they want to conceive in their own mind. So, so obviously, the older you get, there's a biological thing going on. So we have to be, you know, reasonable about things. But um, to me, it's always, you know, it takes 90 days for the egg to renew itself. Um, so in a very, very short period of time, you can make massive change that unless you're RE, and I think there's maybe, I think I know of one RE that's trained in functional medicine, unless, unless they know about that, they aren't going to tell you. And the, 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 the power of nutrition, mindset, functional testing, it is to heal. So, um, so the thing is, for me, it's, look, you take a minimum of three months. Our, our program is six months because if we find something in your stool testing or with your hormones, we need to, you know, we need to then work on, on a gut repair and a protocol. It's going to take time. So sometimes, you know, we, we have an application process because it's like, wait a minute, I need to make sure that you're, you're, open, you're open to looking at these solutions. If we find something, we may tell you not to try to conceive during this time. Are you okay with that? Maybe you don't want to. Like if we find a parasite, 
are you willing to either do go the conventional route and do the do the anti-parasitic or are you going to do the you know we're going to recommend a natural a natural route it's low and slow um the 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 conventional route will have you wipe you know take a, an anti-parasitic which will wipe all the good bacteria out of your body so we just need to know you're going to do something um and then yeah if you you'll either get pregnant naturally or if you do have to go to IUI, which has a 10% success rate, and, and IVF has a 30% success rate, at an, at an average cost, it takes three, it takes three cycles at an average cost of $60,000 for an IVF. People think, ooh, it's, we're going here, it's gonna be a sure thing. Like people will come to me and they slip through the cracks. But if you prepare your body, and then, and then, and then you go, and so you get pregnant naturally, and then you go off using, you, you, you know, you can increase your success, your, your success rate, and also postpartum, you know, I didn't know any of this stuff, didn't discover it till later. So my, as, as I was mentioning, my, you know, I have, after I had my daughter, my health, like nine colds in one year, nine rounds of antibiotics, like my, and I didn't have the postpartum crying on the floor weeping. And I wouldn't even have known I had postpartum. I had the, like, I wanted to kick the corner. I was just like, Rah! you know, like irritable and cranky and, and um, like running around like a crazy person. And looking back, I'm like, oh, that's like anxiety stuff that I had. Um, and then I didn't take time to pre prepare my body. And now both of my children have food allergies. So, you know, so both of them, my son had asthma. You know, he has, he's, he, um, my, my, my daughter had um, tubes in her ears and, and they both had, this is before I knew what I was doing. So they had, you know, tubes in their ears. They had their adenoids uh, removed. They had their tonsils removed. They had chronic strep throat. Like there was their, the, the, the children's health su suffered. So to me, it's like back this whole thing up, focus on your preconception health. And then if you have to go to the fertility clinic, that's fine. It's part of that healing round table. We don't exclude anyone, but you need to, you know, the first step doesn't necessarily need to be Western medicine. It's to, it's to go and say, wait a minute, what's my body saying to me? You know, what's it, what's going on here? I, I loved a lot of what you said there, and I like that you kind of have this six-month time frame. A lot of people are told to try for a year to have kids, and I know probably by the time people come to you, it's been more than that because people are just doing their thing. I, it's probably better for them to just start there, say, hey, I want to have kids. What, sh what do I need to do to prepare that? But I don't think a lot, many of us do that, and I really like what you mentioned about the effect on our kids if we're not prepared well for pregnancy so even if you know I think that even if we are able to get pregnant naturally if we're not in our healthiest state we may not see it in ourselves but we also don't necessarily care as much as if we see it in ourselves but if we see it in our children and we see our children having food allergies I know that there's not a ton of research on this Right now, I think it's something that's coming out into the field, but it's also something that is really hard to study and control and to look at. But if we look at generationally as things are, you know, well, I, you know, my parents will say, well, my, I ate all of this and I'm fine. And it's like, but I'm not. And look at my kid. And it's just really thinking about uh, me personally, I am much more motivated to do things for my child than I am to do things for everyone else. So, or for myself, really, it's it's my I always you know more with the mindset piece. I don't think of myself last anymore because I know that thinking of myself first is better. But that's definitely something that took a lot of work to get to that point. So I really, really appreciate that. 
So do you have any general recommendations for people that are maybe, maybe they're not even in the trying to conceive phase, but just the general healthy life. I want to have kids someday. Any thoughts, anything that you can sort of give to our, our clients to better prepare themselves? Really like one, one thing I'd say from a, from a diet perspective just switch to organic. Like I've got a, a woman coming on my um, podcast, Get Pregnant Naturally. It'll be episode 17. Um, and she's from Moms Across America, Zen Honeycut. And she's she's uh, really been uh, advocating. She's an activist to have gly- uh, glyphosate, which is a weed killer, and sprayed on all of our foods, or a lot of our foods, um, and to have it removed. And she had her own personal story with um, her son almost almost dying in front of her with a, from, from, a, from a peanut allergy. And then they, they went totally organic and now she's, and she's reversed his allergy and really talks about all the effects it can have, um, uh, all, all the effects of going of, of, of glyphosate on, you know, in our food supply that can have on, um, babies and, and, um, you have really the health of your children and, and, and infertility miscarriages, stillbirths, all of that. So go hundred percent organic. If, if that is too much, um, go to the environmental working group. So, uh, ewg.org, they, they've just listed the new, um, dirty dozen for 2018. Again, I think strawberry was at the top of the list with a whole host of pesticides. If you're ever having a strawberry, please, please, please make sure it's organic. So switching to organic is, is, is a huge thing. And, um, from the, from, like, from the diet perspective and from the mindset perspective, you know, add in some meditation five minutes a day. You can look look at the app Calm is a, is a good one C A C A L M, and um, just commit to even even if it's Monday to Friday in the morning before you hit the shower, um, five minutes of meditation and it really and this is one thing like I it's one thing I was talking to my clients I'm like telling them to meditate and I'm like my meditation practice was kind of very all over the place and I'm very if you tell me to do something I'm usually on it I had a lot of resistance with meditation I just could not get my self together on it so really the beginning of the year I'm like you know what you just got to commit so I went and got this like really nice meditation cushion I found a place in my bedroom by the window that I just the sun comes in in the morning I just I like sitting there and then I I just I now I'm just using like apple music and downloading like a like a little spa music and really just putting a timer on for 10 minutes and sitting there for 10 minutes and it's really um been very powerful kind of in 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 my life and really helping me to something truly for myself in the morning that really helps me then being able to handle the rest of the day. So those two things, organic and, and, med- and adding some meditation to your day are, are two powerful steps. Perfect. Thank you. And I will link to the EWG um, references. I did see that they just came out because I know sometimes it's hard, you know, if you're looking at bills and that kind of thing to switch everything over. So it's a, definitely a really good starting point. And I want everybody to know that Andrea is not totally just not present. She was having some microphone difficulties. So any of her questions we've been asking and following up here. And she likes to ask this question of all of our guests. If there is one thing you wish everyone could understand or know, what would it be? Really the power of functional medicine. Like that's what my because I was like, how come no one's talking about this? And I'm like, Sarah, you got to go talk about it. So really, for for fertility, you know, to look at the underlying cause, why? You know, what is your body saying to you? It's it'll whisper, 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 and when you ignore the signals, 
So I had all those signals with the dandruff, the acne, the irregular periods, the fun, the weird fungal rash on my chest, you know, um, and I ignored them. And then, you know, then it starts to form a form of disease. So it's really, you know, our body is telling us something and make sure to listen to the signals and you can really then start to, to improve your health. And really my message, like there's, it's, there's hope you can reverse infertility and get pregnant. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, I think just Steph, you wanted to again. I think you mentioned at the beginning of the of the, the show, but to um, check out, um, you can get a free link to my three day fertility diet challenge. So really, um, it's got chef prepares re- uh, prepared recipes in there based on the on the Harvard nurses study of over eighteen thousand nurses over the course of eight years, and uh, we really take kind of a functional medicine spin on it. So taking some of those inflammatory foods out of it. So you can check that out and definitely check out my podcast, uh, Get Pregnant Naturally and um, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Perfect. Thank you. There was so much information there. It was really nice to hear from Sarah. She talked all about the different types of testing that she recommends in her practice and how to eliminate foods and reintroduce foods. She talked about the importance of lifestyle, focusing on sleep and exercise, and also particularly mindfulness. I feel like there's a lot here to just be mindful of and to pay attention if you're in the stages of trying to conceive or thinking about conceiving in the future. And there's a lot of good resources here. So feel free to check her out and to go to her website. It is fabfertile.com. You can also find her podcast, Get Pregnant Naturally, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And don't forget about her free three-day fertility diet challenge, which is at fertilitydietfreebie.com. You can always follow Andrea and I on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Gives of Real Eats and Andrea at Life, Liberty, Health on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.